Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to AM 1320 WARL, Attleboro, Providence. Morning News Radio. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on WARL 1320 The Drive with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. reviewing the latest action of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on AM 1320 as well as over the internet at 1320thedrive.com. Joining me today in studio is Craig Tynan. And today we'll be accepting callers. The number... The numbers are 1-401-273-6764, that's 1-401-273-6764, or toll-free at 1-866-854-WARL, that's 1-866-854-WARL. And last night, the New England Revolution uh, coming off a 2 nothing victory over the Kansas City Wizards, which is away at Arrowhead Stadium. Um, they got off to a quick start there with Strawberry uh, Joseph sending in a quick cross off a restart. Um, it was a great play there um, with catching Kansas City off guard and then forcing the own goal there on Sasha Victorine, who actually Sasha Victorine had the goal against the Reds the last week before that tied up the game. And, and it, it, I think that was really a changing point in the game right there. Um, it seemed to be pretty even up into that point in my mind. And then the Revs came out and continued to press and up until when they got their second goal and then Kansas City started getting over there. But at that point, the Revs were up 2 nothing, and, it, and it's great for the team to be getting wins on the road like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, the goal was a great play off a quick restart by Kitsela. He uh, spotted Joseph making a small run down the left side. And when, you know, Joseph put the early cross in, nobody was really ready for it, including Boashani. Victorine tried to make the best of it, but he just knocked the ball into his own net. It's great to, to get a little help from the other team there. Cause, uh, the, the, I didn't see any revs ready there to get on the end of that. So it was good to see Sasha Victorine uh, knock it into his own net. Um, as bad as that is for a, a bad as the feeling it is, is as that is like, for a guy like Sasha Victorine who's been playing pretty well this season, and and that that was great for the Reds to start. Uh, recently, they've been off to a lot of ties recently, and um, they've been missing players like Pat Noonan, uh, Clint Dempsey, and Steve Ralston to the U.S. national team. And during that stretch, they've they've been tying a lot of teams. Um, they're still undefeated, 11 games unbeaten, which is amazing considering the players they've missed uh, over the stretch and how long it's been into the season. They've never been undefeated after two games, ever. And this year, they're 11 games in, and they're still undefeated. That's quite an amazing feat for the team. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's one of the great stars in you know, the history of the team. And even with the absences of, you know, um, even last, last night against uh, Twelman, he was gone because of the groin. Uh, they got Clint and Rowley back, which is good. But, you know, the games before where they tied, they've, they've shown their depth off the bench. And it's, it's really proven to be an asset of the team. And uh, one, one position that has been changing uh, over the years has been in central midfield with Andy Dorman and Jose Cancela. They started off, Cancela was the starter, then Cancela got injured and Andy Dorman was the starter, then Cancela was back healthy and Dorman held on to the place. And then uh, with Dempsey called up, um, Dorman and Cancela both started in the central midfield alongside Joseph, and Cancela played well enough that seems to have earned his starting spot back. And he started again against Kansas City's and was one of the, the Revs' main threats going forward, I thought. And he, he looked great out there, and I've been saying all along that I thought he should be the regular starter from the way he was playing. When the Revs were dominating and winning games, it seemed like he was the one who was playing, and when they were tying, it seemed like Dorman was the one who was playing, and that's not a knock on Dorman because he's a great player, and he's done a lot for the team off the bench and, and starters when somebody's been injured. He was a great pickup for how late they got him in the draft, 
but I just think Cancelo is a, is a different type of player, and when he's playing, uh, he really controls the game, and I, I think he showed last night what an asset he can be to the team. Right, even uh, when Steve Nichol brings on Dorman, it's usually late in the game for Kinsella as when they're up, and he's usually used as a defensive midfielder, put him back there, um, withdrawn from usually where Kinsella plays. But even when Kinsella was hurt this year, Dorman still has the ability to step up and score goals like he did last year, scoring the late equalizer against DC at uh, RFK. Uh, this year, he's already notched a goal and assist, so he's also proven that he can also play the position if needed. Yeah, it's it's great to have depth like that, and it's great to have the option to continue for a spot something where in years past we've seen the Revs have a few injuries and all of a sudden falter and not be able to win a game. This year they've already had several injuries. Guys like James Riley, the rookie, has stepped up and played well when Ralston's been out. Uh, and, and they've gotten experience early, so when they are getting the national team's calls, it's not like they're throwing in a bunch of players who, who have never played first-team first team action. And that's really great for the team to have guys with experience on the bench. Right, you, and it happened last year too, you know, if you guys get called up. And I think the big difference is that this year when they have the reserve division, that's helping a lot for, you know, not just the Revs, but every team, where the guys who are usually sitting on the bench playing 20 minutes, um, they can get their full 90 minutes later on, still get, you know, their experience playing and whatnot. Yeah, and for guys like Conley Adozian, who probably would, wouldn't have uh, gotten a chance to impress the coaches with how deep the Revs are at forward, he's uh, been playing great for the reserves. And he, he's got, I believe, is their leading score with four goals. And last night he came in as a late substitute, but he, it was good to see him get out there and get some first-team action coming in, in the 88th minute for uh, Camp Baylor. Yeah, even though he's out there for just a little bit, he was doing good winning the, uh, the head balls off Reese's deep kicks, you know, just winning the, the little things like that, you know, pressure in the back four, no easy balls into the box. And it, it was good to see him go out there realizing he didn't have much time and really running all over the place, not, not trying to conserve energy or anything. And that's something in the past where Nickel hasn't really been a big on substitutes, taking out guys, and he's really been keeping out of his starting 11 basically as long as he possibly can usually. But this year he started to use substitutes a little more, and, and I, I think it's good to have some fresh legs out there late in the game, and, and it was good to see Connolly Dozing running all over the place and trying to win the ball for the team. Right, especially at the forward position. Like last year, um, Twelman and Newton really ever came out, only if they got hurt. This year, it's uh, the reserve division is really helping these guys prove to the coaches that they they can play, they can step up if needed. You know, play those extra five minutes at the end of the end, at the end of the game. So, you know, the way Connolly played and the way Connell played um, against the Metro Stars, uh, it's just been a good thing for the whole team. Yeah, Connell Smith didn't have his best game last night. He had the goal the week before. Last night he uh, was really wasn't hooking up well with Pat Noonan. But you have to remember that that was just his first time ever playing up top with Pat Noonan. He'd been playing. For the reserves, and then he'd been playing on, on the left wing for the Revs. And then the, the week before was his first time at forward with the first team. And with Twomini, he got the goal, but he wasn't linking up too well with Twomini either, um, despite getting that goal. And then with Nuren, he he really had a worse, even a worse game, I would say. Uh, but he, he's still young. Uh, it was just his second game up top at forward, his second start, and he's going to have more time to improve with Twomini out for at least at least this month. It sounds like so. I think we can expect big things out of him in the future from what we've seen. He's shown flashes of what he can do, and if he can become more consistent, he could be a great guy to have when guys like Twelman and Newton are out with the national team with injuries. Yeah, exactly. Um, the game last night, he, not, not many people played well last night, but, um, you know, Connell had a tough time playing with uh, Noonan first time they played together, uh, especially up top. Um, he didn't really show his speed that we all know he had. Um, his, some of his passes were, you know, lack of pace, and the week before, when he, he him and Twelman, their signals get crossed up a lot. You see, you know, Twelman was a uh, you know point in front of him to receive the ball, and the ball is behind him, and vice versa. But I think it's only a matter of time before the whole team is running all cylinders. 
And then with, with Swoman also, I saw him going up for headers and colliding with each other a lot of times when only one of them should have been there. But with time, you'd have to imagine that that would get better. And that's something that just takes time. Cause that was just the first game with Swoman, and did, that last night was just his first game with Newton. And uh, some other guys that have been performing well are Michael Parker, said central back. He's looked like a, a veteran out there, and he's just people don't. It's, sometimes it's easy to forget that it's just his first season out there, how well he's been playing. And in my opinion, he's easily the early rookie of the year favorite for and for how well he's been playing. By far, I, I haven't seen anyone, um, you know, come out and play defense as well, except for maybe you know Chad Marshall, his rookie year. But he's just he's just playing heads up all the time. He's communicating with his defenders, something a lot of rookies are afraid to do. Um, you know, him and Jay Heaps, uh, A.B. John, they're all playing well back there. Franchino, whoever it is, he's rarely made any mistakes. And something you were saying earlier, it wasn't the Revs. Individually, a lot of the Revs were not playing their best games, but it's good to see that the team, even in a situation like that where you got Ralston, who wasn't who wasn't had his best game. He was, I thought he played better over some of the games he's had this year, but it still wasn't as, as well as he can play. And then uh, a guy like Dempsey really didn't play much of a role in the game because he, he'd been... Uh, playing with the national team the past two games as we had a Ralston and Noonan and uh, it's great to see that it can still pull out ones even when everyone's not 100%. Yeah, it's definitely a positive sign for both the team and the fans and also the press, you know, and just when they, they play that poorly and they still are able to come away with a 2-0 victory, Kansas City just weren't able to finish any of their chances. They had two shots off the post, one off the crossbar. Matt Reese playing amazing, you know, making some great saves. There was a point with Josh Wolf. he had that header right in front of the net and Reese was there and you see Josh Wolf on the ground, and he's like, what are you doing? Yeah, there, there was a couple chances where uh, Matt Reese has, has really shown that he, he can be a great goalie. Um, they were talking about how the defense can take a lot of credit, but the way Matt Reese has been playing, he, I, don't, I think he deserves a lot of the credit he's been getting with, with uh, seven shutouts in 11 games. That's really impressive. He's got the, the best goals against average, but the stat that really stands out to me for goalies is the save percentage, and that's where he's leading by a lot as well. And I, I think that shows that, that he has been the best goalkeeper in the league so far this season. Yeah, definitely. He's played so far some of the best soccer ever. Um, all-star stats all across the board. You know, he's fourth in saves at 45. You know, he's only had eight goals scored on him with a GA of .73. You know, he's played every game. He had that, that long shutout streak that against the Metro Stars a few years ago, 384 minutes. I don't, I don't understand how he's not getting called into camp yet. And then if you, if you take out the game against D.C. where they're letting the three goals, that's just that much better. Yeah. Um, where they played really attacking soccer, and I don't think that can really even be blamed on him. So it's great to see how well he stepped up. Where uh, Last year you had Aiden Brown as the starter coming into the season, then Aiden Brown got injured, and Matt Reese played so well coming in. He held on to the spot even when Aiden Brown was starting to get healthy again. And Matt Reese has really done great. He came in uh, as his... For the guys, he was pretty much back up to Kevin Hartman, and then he came in as back up to Aiden Brown, and now he's proved to be one of the best stars in the league uh, after he's been in the league for quite some time now. It's great to see an emergence like that of a player who's, who's been playing backup for a, for a long time. Yeah, even when he was back with uh, UCLA, you know, people saw the potential in him to be a number one starter. You know, it's just, you know, not his luck that, you know, he was stuck behind Kevin Hartman, one of the greatest in MLS, and then he was stuck behind a really hot Aiden Brown when he was here. And, you know, he got his chance, and he made the most of it, especially solidifying his spot uh, last year in the playoffs with those two penalty kick saves against Columbus. When you talk about Matt Reese uh, being a veteran, it's, it's great to have his leadership back there. So for a guy like for rookie Michael Parker, who's starting in the back line, you can only imagine that, that he's been a big influence on him in controlling the defense and, and being more of a leader back there because, uh, as Parker himself has said, he's not... At this point, he's not really a leader in the defense. He's playing great, but as a rookie, you can't expect him to be the leader of the back line like that. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a, it's a whole group effort the whole way around with uh, Tolman playing great defense up front. Fought through in the midfield. Joseph's playing spectacular. You know, he's injured. Um, and just the back three, just playing so well. It's it's hard for, you know, anyone to get the ball to Reese. And even when they do, he makes the great saves. We're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll be back with more Revolution Recap. And Revolution Defender Avery John will be going. Head to the airport for that great getaway. Airport golf, that is. At Airport Golf in North Attleboro, they have more than just the area's best driving range. They have a challenging 18-hole mini golf course and batting cages that the whole family will love. Swing by the pro shop and take that club that you've had your eye on for a while out to the range for a free demo. You can bring your golf game to the next level at Airport Golf with a variety of lesson packages that will suit you or your whole family. At Airport Golf in North Attleboro, they have putting greens, shipping areas, and sand traps that will hone your skills and help you leave the office far behind. Maybe the office needs a bit of a field trip. Airport Golf wants you to have your next corporate event, birthday party, or sports team outing with them. Annual memberships are also available. So fly away from the stress of the day at the airport. Airport Golf on Route 152 in North Attleboro. Visit them online at airportgolfrange.com. At 138 Auto Mall in Rainham, Bobby and Joni are proud of the fact that they live up to their motto. You know, 138 Auto Mall, we're the only pressures in the tires. They've put the fun back into the car buying experience with their low-pressure, family-style atmosphere. As Joni says, our best advertisement is our customers. Most of their monthly sales are in referrals or repeat customers. So stop by to see the friendly staff at 138 Auto Mall. They have a large hand-picked inventory with something for every taste, budget, and driving need. 138 Auto Mall is also a full-service used car dealership with a recon and service department. Chip, Stevie, and Mark have the expertise to take care of your car after the sale with more than 40 years combined experience. So, if you're looking for a quality used car and an honest, friendly dealership, 138 Auto Mall on the Raynham Taunton line is the only place to go. 138 Auto Mall, where the only pressure's in the tires. Route 138, Rainham, just south of Route 495 at exit 8. Check out their entire inventory at 138automall.com or give them a call at 508-823-6700. 138 Auto Mall, where the only pressure's in the tires. If you're looking for a great place to go after a long day at work, then McFadden's is the place for you. Located at 52 Pine Street in downtown Providence, McFadden's is the spot to be every night of the week. McFadden's has over 40 TVs to go along with great food and a great atmosphere. Next time you book a party for business or pleasure, make sure to check out McFadden's luxurious Pearl Room with its giant projection television and a state-of-the-art cigar bar. So put some excitement in your day and head to McFadden's at 52 Pine Street, downtown Providence. You are listening to AM 1320 WARL, Attleboro, Providence.
now back to Revolution Recap. Your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. I have Craig Pine here joining me in the studio, and joining us over the phone is Avery John, New England Revolution defender, as well as defender for the Trinidad and Tobago national team. Avery, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Thanks a lot for joining us today. You're welcome. No problem. Um, when did you first start playing soccer? Um, up about the age of nine or ten, I should say. And uh, I mean, growing, 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 growing up in the Caribbean, like um, South South. We we tend to play a lot of different sports at the same time because you know, it, it, we only have one recreational field where we try to um, manage our time um, by by playing sports. So we play basketball, cricket, football, track and field, um, just to just to you know keep us you know out of the streets and keep us out of trouble. So why did you decide to stick with uh, soccer over the other sports? <laughs> Um, to, to make a long story short, I used to be in track and field first, but um, my older brothers and they, they, I mean, every, everyone in the family were uh, athletes, I, I should say, or were athletes, I should say. And um, I, used to, I used to be doing 400, 800, and 1500 meters. And, you know, my older brothers and they, they were always doing better time, they were always better than me. Um, and. I, I just decided, you know, I, I need to change sport, you know, to, um, to become my own person, to to make a name for myself. And I saw, you know, um, soccer as you know as being the main sport. And also, um, I wanted I wanted the opportunity to travel the world, and and soccer, of, you know, helped me help me travel the world basically. Among among you know among other things, um, it has given me a great great deal of um, experience and um, worldwide knowledge. So that's how everything begun. Hey, this is Craig Pine. How are you doing? I'm um, fine, thank you. All right. Um, how was how did you feel when you uh, when you heard when you were signed by the Revolution? Um, I was I was happy. I mean, the, the thing is, I've, I've I've played in Boston before. I always wanted to um, always wanted to experience playing and. and in the MLS, and I always wanted to play in, in Boston, so 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 I was very happy with it. So you played under uh, Coach Steve Nichols before? Yes, yes, in the A League. So was that does that was that why he decided to give you a look? And would, are you glad you uh, are back with him? Yeah. Uh, um, the thing is that I've, I've played I played with him because at the same time when I played with with the, with the Boston Bulldogs, he he was player coach also. So I mean, with his experience. And his um, his knowledge of the game, it's it, it that, that was that was a great experience of um, actually playing playing with a plane and um, playing under a legend. So so that that was very exciting for me. And uh, before you came to the Revs, you had played on quite a few teams in both Ireland and America. Uh, could you give us a recap of where you had been and, and how you ended up at those places? <laughs> that could that, that could take a long time. I mean. From college, um, I basically had um, I played in the A League for a little bit. I was with um, New Orleans, with New Orleans Gamblers, um, Raleigh Flyers, Boston Bulldogs, um, Maryland Mania, and after that, I went to Ireland where I joined um, Bohemians, where where you know we 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 came second in the league. I played in the Champions League qualifying. Um, and, yeah, um, I've been with Shelburne also in Ireland. I've been with Longford Tongue in Ireland. 
And within the within a four year spell I also had um trials with um with PSG in France. Um uh, I've been in England with Colchester, Wickham Wonders, uh with Birmingham City where was my last was my last trial. But um all those things then um fall through because of uh world problems. I think um over there they're very strict with with the foreign policy and, and I wasn't able to get a work permit in most of in, in most of the countries and that was a big problem because of of off a contract and all the things. So it it was disappointing. I also had um some time in South Africa playing with um with with the South African Giants and the Pirates. Which was um which was a, a very good experience, not just football wise, but um visiting and seeing South Africa. So are you happy you ended up with the Revs and is it the team you'd like to stay on? Yes, I um I am I am very happy. Um, the team has been well. I, I think last year I came in at a at a very crucial time, and I, you know everything opened up for me there. And, and my for me, I was happy being back, and I was happy helping the team. You know, going to the playoffs and and actually building a, uh, a, a nice unity team for this year. With um, as you say, we we are beaten so far this season, and we're doing well. Uh, we hope to uh, bring the, the league and the title to Boston. Yeah, you did come back at a very important time. Uh, tell us about the uh, game-winning goal you had against Columbus last year's playoffs. <laughs> um, what I, I mean, that's our first goal of the MLS season. I haven't, I haven't scored one for like a year and I haven't scored a shot like that. <laughs> I should say for a while. Most of my most of the time I'll go up and I'll probably score a header. Um, I just remember you know, the ball coming coming from Raleigh from the right side to Boston. Uh, no one, no one closed me down in the middle, so I think I, I probably traveled probably like 10, 15 yards, and about, you know, about 25 yards out, you know, I saw, I saw an opportunity to shoot, and you know, the most, most important thing when, when you're doing is that uh, you want to get it on target, and you want, you want to make sure you keep it safe, and I had it well enough, you know, where, where it actually, you know, be the, be the goalkeeper, and it was, you know, up, you know, in the upper corner, so it was. To me, that, that, was, that was the best goal of my my career, I should say. And we're talking to Revolution defender Avery John, and with, with that goal, um, having you know, not scored many goals, but being a defender, is, is the experience of scoring a goal uh, quite different than, say, making a goal-saving tackle? Is it, is it, is it really the, the greatest feeling you can get uh, playing a soccer game? Yeah, I mean, especially, especially when it's a winning goal. You know, it's, it's, um, and especially that time where it's, it's a playoff time, it's crunch time, and when, when it's needed. It, it was, it was, it was a, a great experience. But, um, as, as I say, I'm a defender by birth. I grew up defending. So I love, I love what I do. So even though I cannot write, um, I scored a goal. That was, that was, you know, a very happy moment in my life. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't, Best money uh, on it, saying, listen, every year I'm going to score a crackle like that. I, and I, I prefer to play every single game I play um, to get a shot off and, and play well. And this year the team has gotten up to such a great start o- over last year where they took a, sort of an end of season run to get them into the playoffs. Is, is that, how is the atmosphere different this year as a team with uh, having got up to such a great start? I, um, I, I think the, the coaching. The coaches, the staff, um, the craft organization, um, you know, um, put a put a great 
um, got the program first, um, together for us was, you know, with three seasons. And one of the one of the biggest advantages that we have um, were we we didn't have any injuries. I think last year the team was affected by a lot of injuries by by major players. And this year we didn't have uh, I, I think at the beginning of the year we didn't have any injuries on such um sustained. So the team from last year basically gelled with one of the new players and everybody right now is pushing each other, even you know, the the older guys and the younger guys, everybody's competing for for a place on the team. And and that would only make the team better. So I think it, it helps us, you know. All right, let's go to your uh, international career now. You're the Trinidad. Uh, you guys are one through one right now. Uh, your yeah. next game is against the uh, United States uh, down in Hartford. And uh, what, what do you think has been your, uh, your highlight of your international career thus far with TNT? Um, uh, for, me, for me personally, I mean, um, I captained the youth team and the youth and the 17 team. That's why that's I make my first international career. I remember going to the World Cup, you know, by, by one point by losing to Cuba. Um, so from from there, I mean, everything else just went uphill um, of being on most of the youth teams after that and the senior team. Just uh, was basically, I mean, they have been disappointed in the sense that um, we didn't achieve a lot for what was expected from us, you know, to our fans and to the, to the people of San Tobago. But this year. Once again, we are, we are put in a, in, a, in a delicate situation where we must perform well uh, in, in order to go to the World Cup. And I think that that goes, that goes with, with all the teams in the final six. Um, we didn't get up to a good start. We lost to the US 2-1. We lost to Guatemala um, 5-1, I think. Um, we have a new change in management and everything, and, and they're trying to restructure and get everything together. Um, I, I wasn't part of, of the team then, but I'm part of the team right now. And I am so far, I have to say that the team is one on one with the new management. Uh, we played Mexico the last game where we lost 2 nothing, And I think um, that was one of our best performances for a Trinidad Tobago team actually going to Mexico. Uh, first half, the first four summits, we didn't concede. We, you know, we frustrated them, we created one or two chances. We didn't, we didn't take them, and then, you know, 65, 70 minutes, I think, um, our legs, you know, kind of <laughs> start, start taking a toll of us, and you know, they, they squeeze the first one past us, which, um, which honestly thought, you know, could have been offside, but it's a game; it happens. And after that, you know, we tried to open up, to try to get to get one, and at the end, they came and got another one. Um, so, but still. We we are in the race. Uh, Mexico is on top. Um, the U.S. is second, so we're definitely not going to be fighting for first or second place. But I think right now we still have a chance to uh, to get third place, um, which will which will automatically qualify us for the World Cup. And worst comes to worst, you know, if we get to fourth place, we still have a chance of winning the playoffs. So right. I think right now our chances are very good um, in, in qualifying. Right. And as, as you said, you got new management, Coach um, Benneker. Uh, yeah. he's, he's been reported to say you guys are definitely 100% focused right now on the Gold Cup uh, coming up in July. Uh, how do you think that, that tournament is going to factor into your bigger goal of qualifying for the World Cup? Um, definitely it will be a positive effect. Uh, I think with, with the team, Jungle and Team Bonden, um, he's going to get to see more players, hopefully, um, to have a bigger pool of players to choose from. 
and I think we will be able to get a lot of his knowledge passed on to us on what he really wants because I mean he has been there for a short period of time and he's trying to work um, you know trying to pick players in, in the position he wants and he's trying to you know get his knowledge over what he wants at least for for, for these games coming up they are, they are they we want to do well but at the same time they are preparation for the for, uh, for the World Cup game you know for August 17 and and in the future so I know um, it's going to be it's it's going to be a, a very hard road for us, but I think everything will be very, very positive. I know, um, I know, he, he, as any coach, they don't want to lose, and at the same time, they want to make sure they have a, they have a, they have the strongest team uh, feeling um, at any time. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing in the World Cup with the rest of the guy and getting their units back, and hopefully we can we can step things up and and take take this next step forward. So is this really the ultimate goal for you to, to make it into the World Cup with Trinidad and Tobago, and would that be the, the best thing you could really accomplish in your soccer career? Yeah, I, I mean, every player, every soccer player in, in the world today, that will be a dream. I mean, apart from, apart from, apart from everything, you can win, you can win league, you can win title. The World Cup is it. That's that's the dream, you know. That's the dream of dreams, and world. That's it's basically the best of the best. You you know, it, it, it's national team against national team, and it's on the world stage. Everybody's looking at you. So many billions of people in the world, and that's that's the greatest highlight I think of any soccer player's career. And everybody everybody shouldn't try to achieve that. As we mentioned earlier, your next upcoming uh, qualification game is against the U.S. in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, seeing some, you'll probably be seeing some local teammates of yours, such as Steve Ralston and Clint Dempsey. Uh, do you think that that are, are you glad to be playing against them? And do you think that kind of is is good for you to kind of know a few of the players and playing in this league? Does that help you know the players in the national team that are coming from MLS? And does that kind of give you an advantage in that sense? Um. Yes and no. The the I mean the advantages at least you you see the players week in week out. The disadvantage is that when all the players come together, everybody's level of play it takes it to a whole new level. Um, it's um, to try to explain that. Can you imagine yourself going to Real Madrid and training with them for six months? Then obviously, you know, let's say if you if you're a level five player, you go to Real Madrid and you train with them, you're gonna come back being a level nine player. You know, so I think when you get when you get when you get the best of the best from a country, you're you you tend to be a lot better. So you know, it's, it's, everything is even out right there with you know knowing the players, seeing them play, and actually when they're actually going to play them against. You know, against the U.S. national team, it's, it's going to be a whole new story. And we're talking to Revolution defender Avery John. Uh, Avery, when did you first come to America? And was it when you went to Yavapai College? And what made what, what went into the decision to go there, and then later to go to American University? Um, first, I was recruited by VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University. And I, uh, at that time, I, I think, um, in order to qualify to go to a Division One school, 
you know, you have to have a certain amount of passes, and like um, it's called PXC exam, and I think I missed one of them. So I couldn't, I couldn't obviously, I couldn't go. And I didn't want to stay in the year to try to take it over, to try to go. So, um, so the Yavapai College, which is a junior college in Arizona, they approached me. And for me, I, at that time, I was ready to leave. I was, I was ready for a change. I was ready for a new challenge. And I took the opportunity to go there. And at the same time, they, they were the number one um, junior college for soccer in, in the country. So that was, that, was a, that was a great opportunity for me. It was a great experience. In choosing um, American University, um, my my major, all what I wanted to do was was business. I, I wanted I wanted to play football, but at the same time to have something to fall back on on a, on a degree, and I choose business. Um, where else where else do you want to do it? You know, except you know DC DC. I think at the time was the best place, and I think it, it is still the best place for for business for getting a business degree. And um, um, if I remember correctly, I think at that time, American University, I think they were number three. Um, they were ranked number three, number four in the country for for getting um, a degree in business. So my opportunity, you know, to go to American University was basically, you know, pure um, educational and getting a, a, a very good educational um, to fall back on. And coming up to New England and playing for the Bulldogs, as well as going over to Ireland, how was it adjusting to the weather from... The, the different weather in the Caribbean. <laughs> it was one thing. I I could never adjust to the Boston weather. Um, um, one day you'll be walking at 70 degrees, the next day it's 20 degrees. Um, that's a, that's a big change for me because in Trinidad, the coldest it probably ever ever got was probably like 72 degrees or something like that. Where in the USA, you know, it can go down to minus and all those things. Um, but in adjusting, I think I, I think I came a long way um, and trying to climatize to the cold. But once again, I don't have a choice. It's something I, I chose, and I will I will always fix it. Um, we got you know regardless of how bad um, the weather is, you know rain, storm, snow, whatever it is. But I I, I can tell you what once the once it's cold and once it starts snowing, you're definitely not going to see me walking outside or, or, or jogging and being outside. I'll definitely be inside trying to keep warm. <laughs> All right, tell us about um, the difference in you know the difference in play between college and MLS and then MLS and internationally. Um, as a fellow player, I know as uh, getting out of high school into college is definitely a quicker, more physical game. And how does that level keep changing? Um, and in college, I think you still you still go through a lot of coaching and development and development as a player and as a person because at the same time you're not you're not in college just to play football. You're there to get a um, basically to get to get an education while you're playing football. So I think your focus is basically separate and not you know in trying to get two goals and also you still have a, a social life. Um, which is which is very important for for I think um, for men and women who go into college. Um, once you get to the next level of being a professional, then all you do is breed, eat, and sleep football. That is your job. That's like a you know like a regular eight to five job. That this is what you live for. And 
that is your life. It, it becomes your life. This is how you're going to live. You you have to you have to be mentally and physically prepared. And especially if you have a family, it be, you know it is your job. But the greatest thing about football is that you're you're actually you you are working on your hobby. Like imagine you you are getting paid for playing your hobby, and your hobby is your job. So I think that's one of the greatest things in life. And I'm, I'm, I'm being an athlete, which is which is very complimentary. Um, taking it to the international level, um, that's 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 based on I think your performance and how how hard and how well you you do in um in, in playing professional and how far how far you wanna go, how far you wanna take it and what and what you wanna achieve in life and, and the statue of football you wanna play. And last year uh, with the Revs, you had experienced guys in central defense like Carlos Rimosa or, or Rusty Pierce. And this year now they have uh, rookie Michael Parker starting in central back. How do you think he's done so far? And, and uh, are, are you happy to be playing back there with him? Yeah. I, um, the thing is with, 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 with Michael is that he's very, he's very composed in the back. He reads the game very well. And, you know, he, he's... Um, I think at this point in time with our system, I I think he's fitting very good because he is a sweeper. He, he actually he's actually a very good player. Compared to, to myself, I I see myself as a as a man marker as a left back because I'm I'm more aggressive. I, I I'm not afraid to go into tackles. You know, I, I tend to my mind is going at 100 miles per hour. Where with Michael Parker, he's more calm. He's collective. He reads the game very well. And um, that's, that's, I think, that's his big advantage. And um, it, it fits in with a team very good. And I think that's, that's why we're having a very good job. Um, and getting shut out on not losing game. Among everything, the, I think the team itself is, very, is working very hard. But I think the, the, everything starts on the back with Matt Reese and come forward and go straight forward and vice versa. And the team has, in the past few years, come very close to the MLS Cup, uh, making it to the final in 2002, and then 2003 making it to the Eastern Conference Championship, and then the last year making it to the Eastern Conference Championship. Do you think this team finally has what it takes to take it to the next step and, and uh, actually win the Cup? Um, one will hope so. Um, and as, as, we, as, we, as we can see in the world, in, in football, anything can happen. I think um, on any given day, a lot can happen, a lot can change. But um, for us, the players, our dream of basically going to the final and winning the cup. And I think with that determination, um, we will get there. With the uh, you know the players' dreams being to make it to that cup, um, I think a lot of it rides on team chemistry. Um, Definitely. Tell, with the the new expansion teams this year, I mean, um, you guys lost Brian Camler. Rusty Pierce, uh, among others. Tell us how the chemistry has changed and how that has either helped or, you know, made a difference in this year's unbeaten team. Um, I don't, I don't think it's changed a lot. I mean, players come and players go, and the one, the one thing in in, in football is that when you when you talk football in football, it's a universal language. So anybody coming into a team. They will come. They will. 
they will come with the intention of strengthening the team. And if they're not, if you know, if one of us are not doing that, then you know things will change. Um, I mean, they'll, they'll, there's a lot that can happen. You know, players probably don't get along with managers. Players feel you know it's time for them to leave. They need, they need a new challenge. But um, I, I don't think I don't think a lot has changed in the sense of right now. Um, I think we don't have a lot of injuries as last year, and we more or less had the same team for the last two or three years. I, I minus you know losing Brian Kamla, Carlos Lamosa, um, Brown, and Rusty Pierre. But um, I just say you know there's some players go, and you just have to deal with it. You guys are relatively a young team with experience. I'm looking here, and you know you have Ralston who's played nine years in the league, Reese with seven, Franchino with seven, Hughes with six, and then you know the next guy after that is Coleman with three years. So you guys have played together for you know two or three years and get to know each other pretty well. Yeah, but then again, I think it's a good job by the by our coaching staff and um, and making sure of trying to build build the team together. And um, in, in our training sessions, and in our, on our road trips, and trying to get everything done. So I'll I'll, I'll say that's a lot of praise for our coaching staff. And generally, the guys on the team, they want to do well, and everybody, everybody, everybody more or less pushes, you know, each other to make sure and try to do the right thing, um, and, and playing on and off the pitch. And so that's very good. And when you're not playing or practicing soccer, what do you like to do in your spare time? Uh, most of the time after after training, um, I'll probably come home, do some reading, watch you know, watch some TV. I I I tend to be on the phone a lot. I I just um, I like to say because I have, I have a I have a very big family. I have four older brothers, two older sisters, five nieces, five nephews. So I try to I try to um, keep in contact with them a lot um, because I, I I don't I I, I don't get to see them a lot and um, I, I didn't really spend a lot of time growing up with my family my brothers and sisters because I was always away on trips and, and um, in, you know international games and those things so I tried to spend a lot of time on the phone trying to catch up and try to, trying to make sure everybody's okay at home well thanks a lot for joining us today Avery alright you're welcome um, it's my pleasure um, and all the best with everything and thank you very much for having me on the show and good luck next weekend against DC alright thank you very much Thanks a lot. And uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll be back with some more Revolution Recap. Ah, summer. You know what that means. Racing at Z-Car Speedway. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. The action track of the East opens for fun and excitement to all race fans. Z-Car Speedway tickets start as low as $12. And best of all, kids 12 and under are free with a parent. Call 508-336-9959. And ask about Z-Car Speedway's family fun packs that include tickets and concessions. Z-Car Speedway is located just off 195. Z-Car Speedway. Feed your need for speed.
Hi, folks. This is Mike Tortolani of Tort Sports Talk. Join me each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. as we cover all the sports of the past week and preview the upcoming week. That's Tort Sports Talk every Saturday morning at 9, only on 1320 The Drive. Hey, Providence, I know you're jealous. Wish you could get in on the sunny weather and the sports action Las Vegas style. Well, the Vegas Sports Wire radio show on AM 1320 The Drive is the next best thing to actually be there. Broadcast every weekday from 2 to 4, we deliver sports information from a Vegas perspective. I'm your host, Tim Truchel, and along with some of the nation's top handicappers, We'll break down the spreads, provide in-depth analysis, and give you the inside scoop on how to win this baseball season. Tune in today to 1320 The Drive. Quick guessing, start winning with Vegas style. You've got a ticket to ride with Millennium Sportsbook at BetMillNow.com. Right now, sign up at Millennium Sportsbook and get a 25% sign-up bonus. Beat the line moves with access to the overnight lines at Millennium Sportsbook. You'll enjoy their easy-to-navigate website, multiple payment options, outstanding customer service. And don't forget, BetMillNow.com's teaser odds are the highest payouts anywhere. Go to BetMillNow.com or call toll-free 1-800-824-1637. Call 1320 WARL, Attleboro, Providence. And now, back to Revolution Recap. Your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Joining me in studio is Craig Pion. And Craig, how did you first become interested in soccer and first get involved? Uh, well, I first started playing soccer. Um, I was about four when I started walking. Um, my dad was an avid athlete. He was always doing stuff. Uh, he played baseball and soccer at UMass Amherst. Uh, so basically, I started doing that. 
Um, I loved it as a kid, you know, always running around, just kicking the ball. Uh, I tried other things too, but basically just stuck to soccer, and it's worked out pretty well for me. And, and how did you first become interested in the pro game and, and uh, interested in a fan of the Revolution? Um, well, I first became a fan of the Revs uh, when they inaugurated in 96. Um, I'd always been watching the international. Uh, world Cup 94 was huge. I think that did a lot for you know the world of soccer in America. Um, but I didn't really start thinking about professional soccer until maybe my junior year in high school. Um, you know, I I played um, premier teams, Olympic development, and I never really thought about how far my limits, you know, could go uh, professional wise. And how did you become involved with the Midnight Riders and? And uh, I guess now you're their recruitment assistant chair or something like that, or like, uh, what's your position? Uh, yeah, it's actually a membership recruitment assistant. Um, I came basically in contact with the riders, uh, just going to games. You know, they they were there since you know, day one, just supporting the team. And um, I really just started to get into it last year. Um, I'd gone to every game, you know, for the first time it was last year. I got season tickets for this year. Uh, you know, I just like the stuff they were doing. You know, they were they were the fans. You know, making all the noise. They were the ones supporting the team, going to world games. You know, I, and they pretty much are. In, they are what I envisioned um, before I knew about them. You know, what a real fan would be. And you know, I got involved. So now I'm the the member the membership recruitment chair assistant. And uh, basically, what we try to do is get people to sign up for the riders. Um, we have a website, it's uh, www.midnightriders.com. Um, basically, our group is just to actively support you know, the revolution, uh, the team and its followers. Uh, we have a lot of benefits, too. Um, like earlier this year, we went to uh, New Jersey to watch the rest play Metro Stars down there, where we got discounts on the trip and tickets. Um, but you know, other benefits include a uh, special park in the tailgate area, which is right in front of the stadium. It's no more than you know, 100 yards. Uh, tailgate through there, you know, just hang out with all your friends, cook food. Uh, we have an annual Meet the Coach event uh, where this year we get to talk, you know, directly to Steve Nichol, where members only were invited to Gillette Stadium and, you know, just basically just have a press conference with them, which is a good time. Uh, we also have our board meetings, um, the one that we had earlier this year in March uh, with guests um, Craig Thornberg, the general manager of Revolution, and Clint Dempsey. Which was uh, was a good time. We grappled off a few options signed by him, um, and then our you know discounts on our merchandise and other tickets. So we have um, you know special tickets for earlier this year. We sold discounted tickets for the DC game, which was part of the ESPN MLS um, fan challenge. And, <laughs> and the the riders have been supporting the team uh, in their bad years when they haven't been doing so well. How has it changed now to, to have such a great team that's doing so well to support? Well, the thing that's strange is, you know, we have nothing to complain about. That, that's, that's one of the things that we were good at back in the day. Um, you know, starting the years off, 06, 07. You know, and then the late rallies that we had, especially last year. Um, I think those years only made us more fans. Kind of like, you know, what the Red Sox have done. But just, you know, sticking through the bad times, you, you find out who's, you know, the true fan, who really stays with their team. And the Reds have... Two big games coming up. Uh, they have a game Saturday against DC United in DC United, the defending champ. Uh, that should be a tough game for them. And then the, that Wednesday, they actually have a game as well as against the Columbus Crew, which is also away, uh, before coming back home for their next home game on uh, June 20, on June 26th, June 25th, I mean, against the Metro Stars at home. 
and that game's at 7:30. And it, it, it's one more win, and the Revs tie the record for the starting undefeated um, record to start off the season in the whole league, which is really a, an impressive feat for them. Yeah, it is. Uh, but the thing, you know, that we that a lot of people worry about most is, you know, just team playing well. Um, even though we got the result last night, it really wasn't, um, you know, a great game played by everyone. Um, and as I said, you know, the next home game is the uh, 25th. Uh, beforehand, they're actually having the, the uh, All-Star game. Another tribute to the play with the, the Cape for Day and All-Stars, playing the Caribbean All-Stars. Uh, that game's starting at 4, I believe. I heard it's 3.45 or something like that. Yeah, or 1. And then it's a you know, part of the doubleheader. So people should get out and uh, go see that and you know, support it. And we're talking to Craig Pion. And uh, the, the upcoming game against the defending camps, the Reds have already beat them uh, twice so far this year. It's, it's a great accomplishment to, to get two wins early against the defending champs who, who knocked the Revs out last year out of the playoffs. And uh, it's another big game coming up this Saturday against them. Uh, a win here would, would really solidify their spot as, uh, in the top of the East and, and prove that, that they've come a long way since, since last year to, to be a lot better than the defending champs. Right. Um, even after we had the, the two straight ties, um, the last one beating at Kansas City, then finally, you know, I, I knew we definitely had to, to get a win in the books. And... I don't think the way that you know that we did it was great. So uh, if we can come out and you know have the team play well against DC and you know really take it to them and show that you know we're the team to beat in the league, you know come out and play attacking style and you know have Marshall putting the crosses from the left and Steve from the right, Clint dribbling at defenders, really you know doing his thing in the box and we really need to take it to them even though you know they have that definitely uh, dangerous point attack with Moreno and Eski. And it's really important that the Reds get these wins now in June. Because uh, for most of the July, there'll be the Gold Cup. And the preliminary roster uh, uh, saw Clint Dempsey, Steve Ralston, Pat Noonan, and Taylor Tom, four starters on the Reds. Um, our, their names to the preliminary U.S. roster, as well as Avery John named to the preliminary Trinidad and Tobago roster for that. So that's potentially five starters the Reds will be missing uh, through the month of July. So uh, it's, it's not a time where, where at, at this point, there's only... There's two teams in each division that don't make the playoffs. Whereas last year there was only one. The Reds have gotten themselves in a great position now, but it, it, it's something where you want to see them keep building it even better. So when they get through these July months, it's, it's not in crunch time, and if, if they get a few losses, it's not the end of the world. Right. We we definitely need to get our points now. You know, it's not like baseball. We play every day, and we can you know have a loss here and there. Um, and as as the team personally knows, there can be a team hot at the end of the year. Say um, Columbus is struggling right now. They could just come out of nowhere. You know, by the All-Star break, be right up there, you know, second, third place, keep their run going until the end of the year and, you know, possibly, you know, hop in the first. But that's why the team has to stay sharp every game, come out and know they need a result. And and so far this year, the, the hot teams in the league have been the Revs, who are currently in first place in the whole league. But Dallas actually has a game today against Chicago. And Dallas is just one point behind the Revs. They've also played uh, the same amount of games, but after tonight they'll play one more game. And a, a, a win would put them ahead of the Revs in first in the league. But at this point, first in the league doesn't really matter anymore. Whereas before, uh, it had effect on playoffs. Um, recent years, they've changed it. So the top teams in the comp in each division are, are who have the top seeds in their division. And it doesn't really make a difference who's the top team in each conference. But it, it's it's good to see them at the top of the league. And um, where, where people are talking about going to a single table possibly in the future. Um, and more traditionalists like to see the team who crowned champion who won the, the season. It's great to see them win off, get off with such a great start. And it would be great to see at the end of the season them at the top of the standings. Yeah, they're at the top right now up there with um, the Galaxy and Dallas. 
But um, you know, I think that they've really separated themselves because um, if you look at the Galaxy, they've played Real Salt Lake three times, Chief S twice, and uh, Colorado once, and those were all you know the last three place teams in the entire league. And you know they posted a combined record of uh, five and one. Against them, the same thing with Dallas. Dallas has played Salt Lake twice, beaten them. Chivas beaten them twice in Colorado, um, one and tied. So it means that we've, we've played, you know, the second and third place teams often. I mean, we've beaten Chicago twice, as we said, DC, Kansas City, we haven't lost to them. So we're showing that we can beat our closest competitors in the league, as you know, um, Galaxy and Dallas are, you know, kind of picking on the newbies in the expansion team, Salt Lake and Chivas. We got to wrap things up here. Uh, the Rebs upcoming game against DC, 7:30 uh, next Saturday, and we'll be back next weekend from Sunday from 7 to 8 on AM 13:20, as well as over the internet at 13:20thedrive.com. Archives can be seen at RevolutionRecap.com, and you can get the latest Rebs news at anyrebs.com. I'd like to thank Craig Tyon for joining me again today, and uh, please join us again next week. Thank you. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.